generalist versus specialist? Is there room for both? So do you remember in elementary school writing the essays or story after story that answered this question? What do you want to do when you grow up? It is a rite of passage for every elementary school student to answer this question. So usually the answers range from superhero to doctor, pro baseball player, and so many more that first graders can come up with. But let's just be real. What does a first grader really know about what they want to be when they grow up? The conventional parenting wisdom then goes into once a child expresses this interest, do whatever you can to give your child a head start on this career path because we need to give them the advantage over their peers. So there's pressure to start early so that the kids can specialize and become an expert in any, any field they choose. But is this really the best way? Hey moms, welcome to another episode of the Life Unboxed blog show, where we talk about all things entrepreneur. From raising your kids to running a business, and the most important one, keeping your sanity. I am Jody the Mom from lifeunbox.blog. And you know what to do like the video, share the podcast, yada, yada, yada. So, for more, if you want more great entrepreneur content, check out lifeunbox.blog because there is a lot more over on the blog than on the YouTube channel or podcast. So, be sure to check that out. So let's get into our topic for today. We're going to talk about generalist versus specialist. And you don't have to be a specialist to be great. That's what we're going to talk about. So in part one of the series, we answered the question, what is a generalist? And here's a brief recap. And again, the definition I've uh, borrowed from Range by David Epstein And it's people who start broad and embrace diverse experiences and perspectives while they progress. So basically, a generalist is a person who's always learning. It is someone with a curious mind and seeks answers to satisfy her curiosity. It is someone who can integrate that knowledge from various fields and come up with a solution to an unrelated problem. A specialist, on the other hand, is someone who has hyper-focused on a specific skill and gaining specific knowledge to the exclusion of everything else. They've chosen the path early, focused narrowly, and never changed direction. All right, so let's talk about changing, because we always like to change and challenge, this generalist versus specialist ideas. So our culture has so pushed and promoted the idea that the only way to succeed in your career is to specialize. This idea can actually be detrimental to innovation, coming up with better solutions, and problem solving. Let me add this, because I don't want you to think that I'm looking at specialists um, as like we have no need for them or anything like that. That's not the case, but we have so hyper-focused on this one idea that we've pushed every single 
other alternative idea to the side for this basically quick fix or quick path to success, and that's to specialize. So I just want to offer alternatives for those of us out there who look at ourselves in the mirror going, I have no idea what to specialize in. I've never had to specialize. What is this concept? What is this idea? And then those feelings of, I will never be successful. I can never start a business on my own because I can't specialize. I have nothing that I would specialize in. So I want to offer you an alternative to this one idea. So there are other ideas. So pick the best from the ideas. Okay, the idea to specialize can be found in another in a number of places, but let's start with Dr. Erickson's theory of deliberate practice or the 10,000 hour rule. So the idea can be found in so many popular books. Have you read Talent is Overrated, Deep Work, Grit, or The Outliers? There are others, but these are the ones that I've read. <laughs> so, so I'm not speaking um, or trying to challenge this idea of a specialist in a vacuum. I have read these ideas, uh, as you can see, a few, um, a number of times. So all of these books, to some degree, base their ideas on the theory of deliberate practice. So the basic idea is that the accumulated hours of training is the sole factor in skill development, no matter the domain. And that summary was taken from range and page five, if you're interested in knowing where to find it. So can we challenge this popularly accepted idea? Is it okay if we kind of question the status of the, the only way status that this idea has? It's a little scary when you start venturing out of the stream that everyone is traveling up or swimming against the, all the fish going in the same direction. But we need to do this every now and again. It is important that you ask the questions. Is this really the best way or the only way? Is it okay to change the generalist versus specialist ideas? Can we change the idea that being a specialist is the only way to be successful in any field? Can we give ourselves permission to at least explore outside of the box? So let's talk about the biggest downside of specializing. It sounds so much easier to focus on one thing. Your mind doesn't need to switch gears and you just do the same things over and over again. This works great in environments that have a fixed set of rules with known outcomes if you follow those rules. Think chess and sports. You can easily get better at these because the rules and outcome never change. Being a highly specialized individual can cause you to lock into what is familiar and not think of outside-of-the-box solutions, or at least solutions outside of your training. Okay, so the story I'm going to share with you is probably the most illustrative and scariest example of over-specialization. Again, I read the story in range, because um, honestly, that's the only book that I've come across at this point that really talks about how generalists can succeed 
in a specialist world. So if you know of any other books, let me know. I'd be interested in checking them out. So anyway, in the book, he talks about that there was a study done on cardiologists. And they found that cardiologists were so used to using stents when treating patients for chest pains that they do this reflexively. So think muscle memory. You know, you just automatically respond to the the symptoms in the same way. But here's the scary part. The study found that cardiac patients were less likely to die if they were admitted to the hospital when the majority of the highly trained cardiologists were out of town. So, and that's just one illustration. And like, again, I'm sure we could find like areas where generalists have a similar kind of story. We're not debunking being a specialist. What we're saying, what I'm saying is there's room for more ideas than just specialization. So when you have a very narrow focus, you usually only come up with very narrow solutions. Like the cardiologist with the stents. They only think of one way to treat a patient and uh, instead, and that's according to their specific training, instead of maybe looking at the whole person or the whole body. Okay, so I want to talk to you now about the benefits of being a generalist, but I don't want to give you a list of five things. I gave that to you in part one, so hop on over to that video and check that one out. So I really want to give you the benefits as seen in the life of Francis Hesselbein or Hesselbein. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, so give me grace for that one. There are many benefits to being a generalist. A whole book was written about it. Range. Yeah, you should know by now. So books were written about the benefits of specializing too. And like I've said, all ideas are flawed. So we take the best of the flawed ideas. Since I am a generalist and I experience the thoughts and feelings that you will never succeed in business as a generalist, I want to give you hope if you are experiencing these same feelings. So we're going to talk about the benefits because I want to give hope again. I want to give hope to those handful of generalists living in a specialist world. So I thought the best way to illustrate some of the benefits of being a generalist was to tell you about Francis. Now, have you ever heard of her? Because I never had until I read Range. (laughs) How did you know I was going to say that? And honestly, when I was listening to her story, it really inspired me. So I want you to tell, I want to share a bit about her. Now, again, there was a few pages in the book on her life. And I'm going to give you like two paragraphs, maybe three, a little more than that, but you get the idea. There's more to it than what I'm going to just say here. So I really just appreciated her story and could appreciate where she found herself. When she was past her hundredth birthday, she was still in her office every week. In her lifetime, she held four professional positions And she tried to turn down three of those four jobs. In all four of these positions, she was asked to be the CEO or president of a company that she never applied to. 
So can you imagine getting the reputation of companies just wanting you, like having that reputation that you can do anything. And these were not companies in the same fields. Okay. I'll just throw that out there. These were different, different companies and just having that, um, confident, the board confidence that you could handle the job is a pretty great place to be. So let's go to where it all started. So Frances was a mother of a little boy and she was asked to volunteer to lead her local Girl Scout troop. At the prospect of the group being disbanded, she agreed to volunteer for six weeks until a leader could be found. She ended up staying with the troop for eight years. After the Girl Scouts, Frances volunteered in other organizations. She loved to volunteer and looked at this as her calling. When she was asked to become the executive director of the local Girl Scout Council, she replied, I would never take a professional job. I am a volunteer. At 54, she began her professional career as director of the local council. She would eventually become CEO of the Girl Scouts, a role that she would hold until her retirement 13 years later. And then the next morning, so literally the next day, she retired one day, and the next morning, her phone rang. It was the chairman of an insurance company inviting her to come see her new office. What? She had just retired. Hesselbein, or Bean, or I'm sorry, I'm butchering this last name. I know I am. Never graduated from college. Her education was whatever would teach her and let her be of service at each moment. She spread her knowledge broad and wide. She is quoted in range, page 152, if you're interested. I was unaware that I was being prepared, she said. I did not intend to become a leader. I just learned by doing what was needed at the time. This, my fellow generalist, is what we do. We learn by doing what is needed at the time. And the range of experience and knowledge we get from that is more than any college degree could offer. So I'm once again going to leave you with this question. Is it possible to create the life you love without specializing in something or finding your niche? And if you are unsure, hop on over or click the link in the description below to the Mom Boss 2.0 workbook. This is your free 20-page workbook because I, uh, I believe so wholeheartedly that you can be successful without specializing and you can be successful without finding a niche that I put basically my money where my mouth is because time is money. And I created this 20 page free workbook to walk you through this process step by step. So be sure to check that out and download your free copy today. I am so glad you joined me today. I hope you are inspired by Frances Hesselbein. And I know I did not do her story justice in just the small space I had here. So be sure, like, you can find her story in range. I'm sure there's other places that you can read up on her. So I hope that you'll find her to be an inspiration to you. That, yes, you can just, you can 
learn what is needed at the time so that you, to be of service. Uh, I will see you in the next video. Oh, my God.